The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate comfort with Louise Hamlin, who is a retired Cambridge law professor and retired lawyer um, from the UK. Now, um, Louise has written a lovely book, WhatsApps from Heaven, Bereavement in the 21st century, which is right up my alley. Um, this seems to be the, the modern-day equivalent of receiving messages from loved ones. Hello, Louise. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Christy, and thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Well, thank you. Me too. I've been looking forward to this for some time because, um, like I said, your book is so right up my alley. I teach a class called Love Never Dies about how after-death communication actually works. You know, as a medium, that was that's my bailiwick. But then I also have a, a partner that we sometimes team up and co-teach this class. And she was receiving messages from her mother after her mother's death and found out that, you know, there's quite a bit to this after-death thing. So, um, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's That's really tough. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so, worry. So, okay. Well, let's just get started. WhatsApps from Heaven. What is that title referring to? Well, when my husband died, I I didn't really believe in life after death, and nor did he. And we did talk about it before he died because we knew he was dying, and. We didn't close our minds completely to it. But, you know, we were both lawyers. We were both logical and very precise. And it seemed unlikely. Um, And after he died, I started getting signs. And I was very sceptical. And so for a long time, I just 
didn't believe what was happening. Oh. And eventually, eventually, I realised that he could manipulate WhatsApp, which is a sort of group chat. Mm-hmm. And they then, the WhatsApps that I received from what happened, then absolutely and totally convinced me that our spirits do survive death and the spirits of our loved ones want to communicate with us and, and tell us how much they love us. That's amazing. But So, okay, yeah, I love WhatsApp. It's a Facebook product, but I absolutely love it because it helps us keep in touch with people around the world without having to worry about roaming fees or international calling fees or anything like that. It's a brilliant app. and But it sounds like you were receiving messages even before the WhatsApp messages. Yes. I mean, very, very soon after he died, uh, a friend of mine who is psychic and a healer, she started getting messages from him. Um, and then another friend did as well. And I, I didn't know what I believed. I was very sceptical. But on the other hand, when I heard about these messages, I was thinking, well, you know, I'd like some messages. And to start with, they didn't happen. And I think it was because I was just so deeply immersed in my grief. I wasn't really open to anything. Right. But then slowly, I started getting messages with feathers and lights turning on and off. But, you know, I kept on thinking, oh, that's a coincidence. Oh, that's a coincidence. Um, I remember in particular, I asked for a feather on a train because I was going to be getting a, a train the next day. And this, this was the second time I actually asked Patrick, my husband, for a sign. Um, and the next day I, I got this train and it was crowded. But I just spotted two seats that were vacant. So I made my way to these two seats and sat down. And I glanced down at the seat next to me and there was a feather. And I thought, oh. And... You know, there was nothing feathery in the train compartment at all. <laughs> but, but I thought, oh, you know, it could just be a coincidence. Oh, so, my gosh. So, yeah, so I wasn't totally, totally convinced. Um, but then, the, and the lights, again, you know, a couple of times I was thinking of Patrick and lights went on and off. Or one time I was thinking of him and the lights suddenly all came on in the sitting room. You know, nobody was near the switch. But again, I thought, oh, maybe an electric malfunction. I was, it was hard for Patrick because I was difficult to convince. And so then he started doing the WhatsApps. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, this is something that comes up in this class, Love Never Dies, and something that Lisa had discovered from her mother afterward was that, um, you know, it's easier for our loved ones on the other side to manipulate electronics. 
because their non-physical energy and these electronics run on on non-physical energy. Um, so I, I'd still, <laughs> still though, the act of receiving a WhatsApp from someone who couldn't type it. Oh, I know, I know. Well, it, it all started about four months after he died. And I left my phone in the house and I went out. No one in the house, house locked, no radio on. I came back and um, there was this long, long message in the message box ready to send to Maria, who was a medium that I'd been to see. And um, Maria seemed to have some sort of portal to Patrick. So, I mean, when I first contacted her to ask to see her, she had immediately responded and said, yes, come tomorrow, because apparently when she got my request, she got all these orbs of light in the sitting room. And so she thought, oh, my goodness me, I've got to see this woman. So anyway, there it was in the message box. Lots and lots and lots of words. It didn't really make sense. And I nearly deleted it all. Then I thought, oh, I don't know. I'll send it to Maria. So I sent it all to Maria. And she said, no idea what it is. No idea at all. And then the next day, she found on her WhatsApp a message ready to send to me, which she hadn't typed. This was a shorter message. It still had sort of strange words in it, but it also had things that made sense. And three times it said, darling, it's me. And that sent shivers down my spine, you know, and he always called me darling. Yeah. Um, and then there were several other messages like this. And, and you know, he, he then sent a message the, the next day, and it started 180219, and he had died on the 18th of February, 2019. In the UK, we do it the other way around, and we yeah. say the, the date before the month. Now, and Maria sent this on and said, you know, I'm, I'm sending this, but again, I didn't do it. Um, and I knew that she had no idea when he died because I'd never told her. I'd only just seen her the once. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, I can't really make sense of this. What do you think the number is? And she sort of came back, I don't know, maybe it's a barcode or something. And so I thought, yeah, I don't think that she, you know, could have typed it because it, she didn't know. And several messages kept on coming, which she kept on finding. But, you know, though I was pretty confident that Maria wasn't sort of making all this up, and though I knew that it had all started with the message on my phone, I was still, I still wasn't 100% convinced. <laughs> Really and then, 
Oh, I mean, poor old Patrick, my husband, you know, he had to work so hard. Um, and then one day, it, it happened to be his daughter's birthday, and I was walking my dog with the phone in my pocket. I got home, pulled the phone out of my pocket, and the phone said, you have created two new WhatsApp groups, which is like two new group chats. Right. Okay. And one was called Hamlin's, our surname, um, and one was Hamlin Family. And one consisted of Patrick and me, and one consisted of Patrick, his daughter, and me. And do you, do you know what, Christy? I stared at the phone, and I stared at the phone, and I thought, but this can't have happened. The phone was in my pocket. And at the time, I didn't even know how to create a WhatsApp group. I just stared and stared, and I thought, it's got to be Patrick. That's the only explanation. And I thought, oh, my goodness me. His spirit really has survived, and he really is out there. Oh, it was such a comfort. Oh, such a comfort. Yes. How did that affect your grieving process? It really helped. I mean, grief is awful. Grief is horrendous. And you've just got to go through it, I think. But it was such a comfort to know that his spirit was still around and he was sending me love. And it, it, made, it, made, it, it made something that seemed unbearable more bearable. Of course. You know, so many of us have lost loved ones. And so many of us are just dreaming, hoping, wishing to hear from them. And most famously, Harry Houdini, he and his wife had a system set up after his death and a code word and all this that he would communicate with her. If it was true that he could, he would communicate with her and she didn't receive any messages. How is it that you think Patrick was able to do this? What Was there something special about him? Yes. I mean... I don't know what the answer is, Christy, but what I can say is that Patrick was, he was an alpha male. He was a very successful lawyer. He was determined. He was strong. If he wanted to do something, he would do it. He would, he would not be sort of put off by obstacles or problems. And I think that he was absolutely determined to let me know that he was still around. He knew how deeply immersed in grief I was, and he knew that it would comfort me. And it did. Absolutely. So um, these group chats uh, formed in your pocket. (laughs) I think that's the the ultimate pocket dial, um, as we call it here in the States. Um, did they ever have messages in them? Well, yes. And, I mean, I carried on getting these um, WhatsApps. 
they mostly came via, via Maria's phone. Um, but, I mean, they carried on until after I'd written the book, actually. The last one that I received, it said, I can hear you, darling, please hear me. And, you know, I found that so touching. Yes. And again, so consoling, so comforting. That is beautiful. Now, so he, he of course, hears you. How do you communicate to him? How do you reach out to him? Well, Christy, I talk to him a lot. <laughs> okay, so um, do you do this out loud? Do you do this in your mind? Do you do this in writing? Both. Oh. Uh, I haven't written to him, but I, I talk to him either in my head or out loud. I think mostly out loud, really. And, do you know, sometimes I get other signs which I feel are his replies. So I can remember I was in bed once and I was thinking about him and, you know, wondering why he'd had to die and feeling pretty miserable and lonely. And there was a sudden crash outside the bedroom on the landing. And I was terrified because there's nobody else in the house. It was about two o'clock in the morning. <gasps> Golly, I was scared. So I lay there just waiting to see what was going to happen next. And nothing happened. So in the end, I very bravely got out of bed and sort of turned the light on and tiptoed to the landing. And the book had flown out of the top shelf from the bookcase in the landing and had landed with a crash on the floor. And it had obviously flown out because it was some distance from the bookshelf oh my goodness. and there was no logical explanation for that and I thought that was Patrick saying don't be silly darling I'm still around I'm still here I still love you oh was there any special significance to which book no I don't think so in fact, it happened twice. Um, and the second time it happened, again, I was sort of thinking, why did you have to leave me? And it happened. I wasn't so scared the second time because it had happened once before. But no, I mean, one book was Started Early, Took My Dog by Kate Atkinson, who's an author I like. Mm -hmm. Another was A Perfect Spy by John le Carre. <laughs> no, no particular significance, but... Both books had been on the top shelf and I knew that both books were on the top shelf because they were with, you know, other books by the same authors. So I guess that he, he chose books from the top shelf to make the loudest noise and have the biggest impact. Oh, my goodness. You know, I've heard many stories of the books flying off the shelves and sometimes they are significant and have meaning, and sometimes they're not. And it always puzzled me 
why the ones that didn't really have a significance would be the ones to fall off the shelf. But that perfectly explains it. I think your your explanation. Well, I mean, it's just what I hypothesized. I don't know. But yeah, that made sense to me anyway. To make the biggest crash possible. Yes, exactly. That was scary. Well, that would be terrifying, especially in the middle of the night. And of course, yeah. there are theories about why the middle of the night, because the the veil is thinner, the energy, there's not as much competing energy around, so it's easier for them to manipulate like that. Um, and you've seen other signs as well. Well, lots uh, of feathers, of course, but... Yeah, I, I think the other really extraordinary sign, well, actually there were quite a few, but one of the other really extraordinary ones involved a playing card and that disappeared in the middle of the afternoon. So, you know, a different time of day. How did you? Well, mm -hmm. I was playing bridge with three friends. And I don't know if you know how you play bridge, but you, need, you have two packs of cards and you use the packs alternatively. So anyway, we play the first hand with the red cards and all the cards were present and correct. Then we played with the blue cards. And then my friend dealt the red cards again. And she was a card short. Now, this wasn't a big deal. She'd obviously missed out. So we counted our cards to see who'd got an extra card. But no one had. So we thought, oh, so we must have dropped a card then. So you know, we looked around on the floor, no card. We stood up and shook our laps, no card. So the four of us started searching for this card. And we knew, we knew we'd played with it five minutes before. Couldn't find it anywhere. So then one of my friends said, I bet it's Patrick. She knew about the signs. She said, let's work out which card it is. She said, I bet it's a heart. Well, it turned out to be the nine of hearts. And so they said, oh, is that significant? Does the nine mean something? And I said, well, no. No, it seems quite random. You know, if you've been the queen of hearts or the Ace of Hearts, but the Nine. Anyway, we had to get another pack of cards to carry on playing. And I told a friend about this a couple of days later, and this friend does tarot. And she said, oh, but the Nine of Cups in tarot, which is like the Nine of Hearts, is the most lovely card. And it's all about really deep, everlasting love. She said that couldn't, she, he couldn't have chosen a nicer card. Now, did Patrick know tarot? No. <laughs> Not at all. But then he hadn't used WhatsApp very much. He wouldn't have, he hadn't known how to create a WhatsApp group before dying. So, I mean, I guess he's, his spirit has learned quite a lot. <laughs> 
Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Louise, I have to say, he's been standing behind you the entire time we've been talking. And he's telling me how easy these things were that he didn't know how easy it would be to do this. So I think I, I would hope that um, other others on the other side might be able to find the, he's like, okay, I was going to say might find the trick. He says, no, there's no trick. Um, it's just remarkably easy once you line up your energy to do it. So um, I would hope that others on the other side can figure this out. Apparently it's not as hard as one would think to summon the energy um and he's showing me it's kind of like speaking and the words appear in the sky in front of you i don't know what significance that would have but it's kind of like he's showing me like skywriting um and that it's just that easy to, to form the thoughts and have it go out so um i don't know if that explains all of the things that he's been able to do but it turns out that he's been able to summon the energy and manipulate it in such a way that's really not that difficult to do. Um, oh, she? Oh, that's so lovely if he's standing behind me now. Oh, thank oh, you yeah. for telling me that. Oh, that's oh, so time. lovely. He's oh, that's brilliant. Humor. I don't know if he had a sense of humor in life, but he's got a oh yes, a really wry, uh, very hearty sense of humor. Oh yes, we used to laugh such a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. My goodness. Oh, yeah. He's he just has been behind you. Oh, and on on your what is that? Right shoulder, I believe, over your right shoulder. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling me that. Oh, absolutely. I'm well. Have you felt him around you since he passed? Yes, I quite often do, and sometimes I do when I'm driving, and I feel that sort of his arms have taken over the steering wheel they've taken over my arms and that sort of makes sense because he didn't really like being driven by me and <laughs> you know he would he would quite often say oh you're in the wrong gear because in England we tend to use shift rather than have automatic cars or he he would sort of say like that you know <laughs> and so I can quite understand why he sometimes thinks I'm going to take over the driving here. 
And I do feel it. I really do. Uh-huh. Well, and that's a very special time to feel that as well, because you feel that extra protection, right? Yes. Again, it's comforting. I mean, this this podcast is about radiating comfort. Yeah. All these signs, all these feelings that I have that he's around and helping and loving me, they all give me such comfort. Oh, that's lovely. And he is affirming that he didn't really care for the way you drove. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> no, what a, what a charming, charming man he is, I have to say. And it does care for you very much. And I love that you get all these reassuring signs. Um, I know. I love it, too. Oh, my God. Your, your life just seems so magical. Well... I didn't really believe in life after death, so I had a very restricted view of this life. And now, now that I know that our spirit survives, and now that I know that you can communicate with your loved ones through mediums as well, which I've also done, it just changes everything. It completely changes my whole perspective Mm -hmm. and you know I think okay if I've made some wrong decisions or made some mistakes in this life it doesn't really matter because this we're just passing through Mm -hmm. Uh, right absolutely the work that I do I, I it takes so much of the pressure off because we've got so many times that we can get it right so it really takes the pressure off yes Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so what other messages have you received from mediums that you found to be particularly comforting? Well, I, I saw, for example, um, a medium. The first medium I saw, let me say this, um, I didn't get on with. I didn't think that she really was in contact with Patrick and what she said didn't make sense. And I'm very pleased that I didn't just then give up on mediums because I then contacted another medium who really, you know, did did make contact and said all sorts of wonderful things. Um, and in fact, I rang up this second medium and I just found her on the internet. Um, she didn't know me at all. I just phoned her, she answered the phone. I said, hello, my name is Louise. My husband died in February and I'd really like to see you because I'd like to make contact. Um, And she said, oh, that might be a bit early because it was only a couple of months after he died. She said, we'll see. Um, She said, oh, Oh, he died in the middle of February, didn't he? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, oh, he died on the 16th of February, didn't he? And I said, well, no, he died on the 18th. He lost consciousness on the 16th, but then he didn't actually die till the 18th. And this medium said, 
Oh, well, he's telling me he died on the 16th. And so, you know, that's what I'm going to write down in my book. And I just thought, that's so extraordinary. She was so confident. And actually, as far as Patrick was concerned, he did die to me on the 16th. You know, from the 16th, he wasn't able to communicate at all. Oh, my goodness. So I thought, and I thought, how does she know that? How did she know that? There are 28 days in February, for goodness sake. Absolutely. So then I went to see her, and, um, and it was very nice. She described Patrick beautifully. Um, I think she rather fell in love with him too. And um, she, she said, now, why is he showing me a cornflower? And she wasn't saying flowers. She just said very specifically, a cornflower. And I said, well, oh, I understand that totally. Because when we got married, he wore a cornflower in his buttonhole. And, you know, cornflowers were our special flowers when we got married. And then she said, right, so he's pointing at his feet. He's wearing slippers and he's laughing. Why is he doing that? And I said, oh, yeah, I know that as well. And after he died and the undertakers had taken his body, the funeral directors, they asked me to send clothes to put on the body in the coffin. And I thought about it and I thought, he was always at his happiest when he was outside, you know, doing outside country things. So I sent his country outside clothes. But then I looked at his boots and I thought, they'd be very heavy. I think I'll send his slippers. They'll be more comfortable for him. So he must have looked a little bit odd in the coffin because he had his outside gear on and his slippers. <laughs> and, and I guess that in the, he looked funny and the medium said he's pointing at his slippers and laughing. And I thought, yes, he would have found that funny. And yes, that makes perfect sense. Oh, that's lovely. Um, there is something about green earrings as well. Yes, yes. Um, a medium said that he loved it when I wore my green earrings. And in fact, when we got married, he gave me a very beautiful pair of emerald earrings. And, and these are my very best earrings. And again, how could a medium have made that up? Right. I mean, you know, none of this stuff could have been made up, really. It's, it was all so specific. And it meant a lot to me, but it wouldn't have meant anything to anybody else. Oh, goodness. That is lovely. And there is also something about Picasso, I believe. Yes. Well, this is really weird. So I also, in my bereavement, I tried lots of things. 
I mean, you've just got to try what helps. Right. And one of the things I did was I went to some healers and had sort of things like Reiki, you know, very, very nice, gentle healing where I was touched. So of course, I was desperate for touch, amongst other things. Um, and anyway, the first healer that I saw, she, she was also a bit psychic, though I wasn't seeing her as a medium. And she said, oh, you know, Patrick's here. And then she said, hmm, he's saying that he's hanging out with Picasso. And I thought, right. I thought, well, you know, that's really, really random. Um, but I carried on enjoying the healing. And when I got home, I did write it down in my notebook because I was writing everything down. I started writing down all the signs and everything that medium said. And anyway, quite a few weeks later, I went to another healer. And um, this healer also was a bit psychic. And this healer also said, oh, Patrick's here. And then the healer said, um, did Patrick like art? And I said, well, yes, he did. In fact, one of his hobbies was dealing in art. And he was really, really good at buying paintings and pictures. He was hopeless at selling them, but he was very good at buying them. And um, so this healer said, well, you know, he's looking very pleased about things. And he's saying that he's hanging out with Picasso. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, that's really extraordinary. And nobody else has ever name-checked anybody. But Patrick did, you know, really admire Picasso's work. He loved his work. And, um, and I'm sure that Patrick would have been chuffed to bits to hang out with Picasso. Oh, my goodness. I think chuffed means proud. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, is that an English word, not American? I think it is. <laughs> okay. If you're, chuffed, if you're chuffed, you're really pleased and proud and you want to tell people. So, yeah. Goodness. So he's hanging out with Picasso. That is so exciting and very chuffed. I love this word. This is a wonderful word. Um, and yeah, as you said, that receiving these messages, these signs from Patrick is extremely comforting. Is there anything else that helped you with your bereavement process? Oh, yes, Christy. Um, lots of things. And I mean, I do write about some of the stuff in, in my book, What's That's From Heaven. Um, so meditation helped a lot because... When Patrick first died, I just felt that I had lost half of my body and I felt just like an, an amorphous blob of liquid. And there was this terrible churning inside me. And I found that the only thing that actually calmed the inner churning was meditation. So I did a lot of meditation. And, and that possibly 
help me then be more open to the science? I don't know, mm -hmm. but possibly. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, I guess that something that really helped was just living in the moment. And I found I couldn't bear to look back because then I just felt so sad at what I'd lost. And I couldn't bear to look forward because it just seemed absolutely terrifying to live by myself without Patrick. And I just learned that if I just concentrated on the now, didn't look back, didn't look forward, just thought, today is the morning and it is this morning and all I've got to do is just get through this morning and then it will be lunchtime and I'm not going to think beyond that. That, that actually was my way of getting through it. Mm. Um, and also, I think what, what I really liked was when friends and people talked about Patrick to me. And there were several occasions when I met somebody and they didn't mention that Patrick had died. And, you know, one of them said later, well, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to upset you. Oh. As if, you know, as if, if we didn't mention him, then I could just forget about him. Um, what I loved was when friends would say, oh, I was just thinking about Patrick, and do you remember when he did that, or when he said this, or um, do you remember how he would do this? And that I loved. So I, I know now that if I meet somebody who's lost a loved one, the thing to do is to talk about the loved one to them. And that brings comfort. And still today, three years on, I still love it when people talk to me about Patrick. Oh, that is so lovely. And again, how long has it been? So it's three and a bit years now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, I, I think that must be, I now, fortunately, I've not lost anybody terribly close, you know, knock on wood. But I would imagine that that is tremendously comforting. It is. Yeah, it certainly is. Right. And another thing that really helped me was my wonderful friends who just came and brought me a plate of food and said, yeah, sit down and eat this. Because I just... I, couldn't do anything after he died. I was just so incapacitated. Um, I certainly couldn't think about food, and I certainly had no appetite. Um, but if somebody came with a plate of food and put it in front of me and said, right, I'm going to sit down here with you, and you're going to eat this, then I would eat it. And that was really kind and helpful of people to do that. Yes, you are certainly blessed to have such lovely friends. Yes, yes, I am. So to anyone, Louise, who has lost a loved one, 
Um, what would you tell them about moving through the grief, being open to receive messages? What would you What would you give them a way of advice? Well, I guess I would say that grief is terrible, bereavement is terrible, but actually, I think the thing to do is to feel it, and and not take a, well, I didn't take a medical cosh. I mean, my doctor offered me antidepressants and sedatives. And I thought, well, I'm not depressed. I'm just grief-stricken. And I thought, if I take a sedative, then I suspect that all I'm doing is just storing up trouble for the future. So I, for me, this isn't true for everybody, but for me, it helped just to feel it and to think this is the price of love. And I was really lucky to have that love. And um, yeah. Um, and it does get better. I mean, for, I reckon for two years, I just, felt I was wading through treacle. But now, though I still miss Patrick desperately, and I carry that grief inside me, but I enjoy life again. And, you know, and I want to carry on living. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, and I feel Patrick wanted you to have that gift to be able to enjoy life again. And was able to, you know, wanted to give that gift to you and reached out and was able to pull the energy together to, to give you that gift of comfort. So it sounds like it's a true, truly, truly a comfort. So totally, so consoling, so comforting. And what I hope my book will do, amongst other things, is it will validate for people the experience that they have of receiving signs, if they're not sure, if they think, oh, you know, this feather could be a coincidence. It probably isn't. It probably is a sign from your loved one. And so be aware that, that loved ones do send us signs. Yes, because this, this is not something that was even in your realm of possibility before. No, no. Well, I mean, it was... It was I'd never totally closed my mind to it, mm -hmm. but I thought it was very, very unlikely. <laughs> well, and it's one thing to find a feather on a walking path outside. It's another to find one on an unoccupied train seat. Exactly, exactly. And I found feathers in the house, which are inexplicable, um, Another time I was on a train and I was sitting at a table with a book open in front of me and I was chatting to the stranger who was sitting the other side of the table. And in fact, she was a widow too. And I said to her very casually after a bit, oh, have you had any signs? And she immediately said, oh, yes. You know, I haven't told anybody about it, but yes. And she started telling me about signs that she had had. And then she said, oh, my goodness, look. And while we'd been talking, a feather 
had floated down from nowhere onto my book. And again, there was nowhere where this feather could have come from. And she said, well, that's a sign. And I said, yes, it is. You cannot make this up. Oh, it was, it, it's been lovely, Christy. I mean, you know, the, the bereavement has been terrible, but the signs that I've had from Patrick have been so, well, life-affirming in a way, because I know that his spirit is still alive. Oh, absolutely. That energy never goes away. Energy cannot be destroyed nor created. That's true. Yeah, that's utterly true. Louise, thank you so much for writing this book. I think it is going to be helpful for anybody going through grief, um, for anybody who's going to be going through grief, because we all will, if we've not already, we will all face this at some point. Thank you so much for writing this book. Thank you for talking with me today. This has been absolutely charming. I've, I've been looking forward to this for weeks. So thank you so much for joining me today. Well, Christy, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And I love talking about my book, WhatsApps from Heaven, because it's, it's all true, and I want people to know. Absolutely. So thank you. And again, the name of the book is WhatsApps from Heaven, Bereavement in the 21st Century by Louise Hamlin, available wherever you get books. Thank you. That's so right. Much. <laughs> Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.